The Talking 306 Podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, supported by Connexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it out yourself. Talk to Connexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know how you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start at Connexus Credit Union. The Saskatchewan Podcast is also supported this month by Sask Energy. Great to have Sask Energy doing doing some more sponsorship for the podcast network. Thanks very much to them. This summer, Sask Energy wants to make sure you know what's below. Hitting an underground utility line can be costly and dangerous. Always plan ahead. Get a line locate for any digging projects that you do this summer. As I said before, we built a deck in our backyard. It's a beautiful new deck, but we definitely made sure that we uh, checked for gas lines before we did it. We had Sask Energy come out. They marked the lines. It's super easy to do. Uh, I think they actually came out within one day. So uh, definitely click before you dig. Whether you're building a new deck to enjoy these sunny Saskatchewan summer days we're having right now, or simply doing some landscaping, always remember to get a line locate done. Stay safe and save yourself the expense of contacting an underground utility line. That's not a good situation when that happens. Visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to request your free line locate today. That's clickbeforeyoudig.com. Finally, the Talking 306 podcast is supported by my friends at Path Cowork. Path Cowork is the best co-working space in Regina, and it's not even close. It's perfect for freelancers and entrepreneurs and small businesses. Uh, we just got back to working at Path. Uh, I think they opened early early June, I guess, so it's been a few weeks. But but I'm so happy to be back there. Uh, I've, I've missed it. I missed going there during the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a great place, and I, and I love going there. Path has tons of amenities, including boardrooms and meeting rooms, where I sometimes recorded this podcast. And they've got free coffee and beer, and they've always got something going on. If you're rethinking of how and where you're you're working, uh, particularly after COVID-19, I would highly recommend you check out Path Cowork. Maybe save a little bit on your line items. Um, you know, instead of renting out an expensive downtown office, uh, you know, m- maybe think about working at Path Cowork instead. Please visit pathcowork.ca to learn more about membership rates and everything else you may want to know. That's www.pathcowork.ca. Welcome to the Talking 306 Podcast, part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm the host, Dale Richardson. On this episode, I'm going back into the Talking 306 Podcast vault once again and replaying my conversation with, with Ashlyn George, Ashlyn George is a travel blogger and traveler, uh, and she runs the blog, The Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World. Talked about her life as a social media influencer when she was the Saskatchewan door and about traveling and, and, and about a bunch of stuff. I love this conversation. I think about it often, and I hope you guys like listening to it. Here's my conversation with Ashlyn George. Hey guys, it's Dale. I wanted to let you know that this episode is supported by Flat Clothing. Flat Clothing makes Saskatchewan and Prairie themed apparel like bunny hugs and t-shirts. Listeners of the Talking 306 podcast can get 10% off online orders at flatclothing.ca by entering coupon code TALKING306 at checkout. That's code TALKING306 when you purchase your flat clothing orders online at www.flatclothing.ca. Welcome to the Talking 306 Podcast. An original Saskatchewan podcast hosted by me, Dale Richardson. On this episode of the Talking 306 podcast, 
my guest is Ashlyn George. Ashlyn George is a travel blogger and social media influencer. She's operated the travel website, The Lost Girls Guide, for several years. She was Tourism Saskatchewan's Saskatchewan Wanderer in 2015 and now works with clients like McDonald's and NFL Canada as an influencer. We had a great conversation recently where we talked about her life growing up on a grain farm in eastern Saskatchewan, her travels around the world, and promoting Saskatchewan as a great travel destination and place to call home. We also had a lengthy conversation about social media, including the negative and not so glamorous side of being a social media influencer. My name is Dale Richardson, and I'm the host of the Talking 306 podcast, and this is my conversation with Ashlyn George. So we'll talk lots about social media because that is your thing, really. But um, why, why don't we go back? For sure. So are you from Saskatoon? Grew up on a grain farm. Where? Foam Lake Winyard area. Tiny oh, little yeah. town called Leslie in between the two. Leslie? Yeah. Oh, how many people live there? Maybe a dozen. <laughs> Very That's small. not a town then. It's like a... It's a hamlet. A hamlet. Yes. Downgraded from a village back in, I think, the early 2000s. Okay. So pe- some people left there. Like, it, obviously, not as big as it, as it once was. Leslie? Leslie, yeah. Okay. So did your, your parents farm? Yeah, they still do. Yeah, yeah grain farm. What? Okay, so wheat and canola and all that stuff. Yeah. Not a great time for the canola farmers right now. Not right now. So, Not with China. So are they, are they struggling a, a bit with that, trying to figure figure it out? My dad's got a pretty level head. He just takes things as they come. There's not a lot you can always do about certain things. It's like the weather, right? You just get whatever the weather comes at you. And yeah. so he just he's he's farmed long enough that he just knows that things will work itself out. And yeah. It'll be okay. So. Yeah. That's an interesting career. I, I I wouldn't be able to do it. Although I've I've learned more about farming since I've lived in Regina than I I mean because I'm from Saskatoon and I knew absolutely nothing about farming. And then you work in government like I did a little bit, and, and you kind of just have to really learn how to do it or learn what it's all about. And that's yep. yeah, a pretty pretty important part of this province. And a lot of technology and science behind it too, which I think a lot of people still don't realize these yeah. days, but there it's big operations and big money and yeah. you need to know your stuff. Yeah. So did you, did you go to high school out in that area then too, or? I did. Yeah. In Foam Lake. That's a bit bigger yeah. of a town. It's about 1100 people. Yeah. So. I know Foam Lake. Oh okay. yeah. So I feel what? like you must know somebody from there. No. no. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I do. I just, uh, Foam I think maybe the Coopers, I know some, like David Cooper. Yeah, and absolutely. They're from Foam Lake? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I thought so. Yeah, his dad was my high school teacher, or one of oh, my really? high school teachers, yeah. What did he teach you? Um, he was our volleyball coach, and then he taught English, and then he passed away in my final year of high school. Oh, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was oh. a really good teacher, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what did what did you do in, in Foam Lake growing up, or in that area, like, in terms of activities and... And just typical kid teenager stuff or what? Pretty much. I was that kid uh-huh. that did absolutely everything I could. So I was a part of yearbook and the SRC and volleyball, basketball, track and field. I did dance, tap jazz and ballet, piano, Jeez. like drama. You named it. I did it. I wanted to try everything. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a full schedule. It I was. But it's nice with a small town because you only have so many people that can be on a team. And right. so they yeah. they kind of align it so that you can join everything if you want because they're like oh well we need those people from drama to join the basketball team too so yeah. we'll make the schedules work out so that was kind of nice yeah one of one of my defining moments in my life was when I figured out that because in in high school I I did sports in grades nine and ten and then I figured out that uh, there were girls in the in the drama end of the school <laughs> and that was a that was a big moment in my life. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then I basically stopped playing sports mostly because I wasn't good at it, but you know, I really love drama. Okay. So you did kind of usual high school teenager type things. Um, and then you went to the U of S. I did. Yeah. Okay. And you, you were, uh, you studied to be a teacher. 
I did. Okay. So, so what did you do? Bef- so, because education's not a direct entry. No, it's not. Okay. So, what did you do for the for the first couple of years in school? So, I originally went to university to become a doctor. So, I was doing lots oh. of pre med classes, and I think I did. I completed all of them except for the physics class. I was just done with the math and in any of the labs. I did a lot of chems too. Yeah. Um, so, I was split fifty fifty between biology and English, and decided to pursue an English degree. Mm. So, I completed that during my last year of last year of education as well um, okay kind of did the two degrees in five years why did you decide not to pursue medicine i think just because it was a lot of schooling and i just wanted a little bit more freedom i'm i'm that person who i like to do a lot of things you can even see that in my high school career i tried everything and i just didn't know what i wanted to do really there was a lot of options a lot of options i didn't even know about mm. and i just felt i liked playing sports i liked coaching it i liked teaching people i like sharing what my passions are with other people right. so i figured education was a really good path to go down cuz you can get an education degree and not end up in a classroom which is what happened to me and happens to a lot of teachers too so right. it's right. very transferable to a lot of different professions yeah medicine is is very committed yes you you're either in it or you are you're not exactly because that's uh it's almost a 10-year commitment when you well depends on what your specialty is i guess but it could be even four four for the actual degree and then and then the residency can be three four years maybe more than that right so yeah and there's still times where i would have loved to have been an emergency room doctor and there's still times i dream about it and think about it but um I'm pretty happy with where I am now too. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, biology for when you were yeah. in education. Okay. Yeah, that was my major in education. Although Wh- why I d- that? Um, I just love animals, nature. Even oh, now, okay. I love being outdoors. So, so high school biology. That was great too. I enjoyed it. No, no, no. It. no or, but for oh yeah, like high school, school teaching. Yeah, yeah high school okay. biology teacher. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I've. I've, I find I have a lot of teacher friends and nurse friends, and I, I wonder if if, I think you and I are are pretty close in age. I I wonder if we're just part of that age group where there were a lot of teachers and nurses being hired in Saskatchewan. So there's oh there's a job for me and. I think so, because I look at my high school graduating class, and I think there was thirty of us. There was five exchange students on top of that, but. I want to say there's probably seven or eight of us who became teachers and at oh. least another three or four that are nurses. How many of them went back to Foam Lake there's, to work there? There's actually a few still in Foam Lake now. I'd have to count them, but there's probably, er, Foam Lake and area, there's yeah. probably six or seven at least. That's cool. But some of them, you know, some of them work out on the rig, so they're kind of there and back. And yeah. 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 Okay. Um, how, di- how did you get into... So did did you start your your travel blog like your travel website first before the Saskatchewan Wanderer? Okay, so tell me tell me about that. Why what what made you think okay, this this seems like a cool thing to do with the website and So and it all, all started I guess with finishing university. Um mm-hmm. I you know, I had my degrees and I didn't really know what I wanted to do still. And so I was working for the city of Saskatoon. I operated equipment for them, kind of drove tractors, mowers, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was... Um, common common summer job in totally Saskatoon, yeah. Paid really well. They yeah. call you back every year. And I just wasn't ready to... I kind of had a job interview for a teaching opportunity land in my lap. And I went to the interview. And as I walked out, the only thing I could think of was, please don't offer me that job. Because oh, really? I don't want to have to... You can't really say no because you don't want to burn bridges because that doesn't happen very often to people to get a job interview like that right out of university. Yeah. And so I didn't want to have to be forced to say no, but thankfully I never got the job. So that's a good side. And I decided I wanted yeah. to do a little bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. I wanted to chase the sun for a year is kind of how it all started. And once I started traveling, I realized how much more of the world there is out there. Like yeah. it's crazy the things you grow up in a little bubble in Saskatchewan and you know the rest of the world's out there, but you don't know until you get out there and yeah. see it. So my philosophy was if I could spend five years learning in an institution in university, I could spend five years learning in the world. That's great. So designed a five year travel plan. Six okay. months of the year every year for five years. So where where did you go first when you when you started off on that plan? What was the first country? Australia. Yeah. Simple 
simple, yeah. easy, can speak the language, blend in if they don't hear your Canadian accent. Just a really easy destination yeah. to start. Expensive, but but easy. I went there when I was 19. You know, standard post-high school thing. And it was so great. Totally. Although, one of the things that I found, uh, I didn't love backpacking. Like a lot of, most of the trip I was, I was in, I, you know, in one place for a long time. So I was, I was in Melbourne for a month and then I was in, up in Queensland, uh, you know, rented a condo type of thing. And then we backpacked when we were going home, we backpacked from Queensland in Noosa down to Sydney and I, I, I hated it. And I love it. I love yeah. being on the move, hauling my stuff in a bag. I really loved it. I don't think, I lived in the Galapagos Islands for about two months but aside from that with the turtles yeah and the, and the hammerhead sharks yeah. <laughs> i was doing my um dive masters um right. scuba diving certification because i was thinking of pursuing that to I, I think i just have my instructor's level left and i could just go out and teach people scuba diving but maybe one day i'll get you could that. do it in in wascana lake there's a lot of dead there's fish a lot people of people <laughs> <receive right now. laughs> i did see some of those photos <laughs> lately <laughs> yeah no I, I don't think that would be very fun doing that okay so um what what year did you start out on the five-year travel plan? So this started the fall of 2010. Okay. Yeah. So S- a few years ago now. So <laughs> so you did all that. And did, did you, for the most part, stick to the six months of the year traveling? And what did you do in the six months when you were back back here? That was back with the city of Saskatoon. Oh, so okay. So I worked then. And then that's right. in 2013, that's when I started and launched my blog. Yeah. So that became something I worked on a lot in the summertime. I think the summer of 2013, I think I wrote 30 articles in preparation for like an October launch of my website and social media channels. And it was very different at that time too. It yeah. was weird to have a Facebook page. They had just launched Facebook pages. And yeah. so I was really kind of scared putting it all out there. But yeah. so well, many... You were you were in front of all that. Totally. Yeah. And, and so many people were asking me how to do what I was doing, how to budget for it, because that's the hardest part. I was paying off $40,000 worth of student loan debt while I was traveling, too. Yeah. Um, and just where to go and how to travel. And so I view it as a classroom, but without walls or desks. And my students are a variety of ages. So I'm still teaching just in a different capacity. Yeah. No, that's cool. So did you make enough money when, when you were working for the city that, that you were able to like to go traveling for six months i did i am a pretty good saver i think a bit of a crazy budgeter i tracked literally every penny i spent and i could look at the i used an app and i could look at the graphs and charts and tell you how much i've spent on ice cream in different currencies but like from every trip i've ever done just because it's that's how it it let me travel was by tracking every penny and knowing what i could or couldn't afford and i was traveling australia was expensive but you know i spent six months in southeast asia and central America, South America, it's a lot cheaper and yeah. backpacking, right? You're in New Zealand. I think I hitchhiked 1500 kilometers around the two islands. So wow. you find ways to save money. So, yeah, no, I think, I think people want to do what you did, but the, but the cost thing is, is, you know, it weighs heavy on them and they go, Man, I, I just, it's too, seems like a lot of money and and a lot of work so but but obviously you can you can make it happen well and interestingly enough i often spend less traveling than Mm. i do when i'm back in canada we live a different lifestyle here people go to eat all the time it's an insane expense because you can go out and drop a hundred dollars on a meal and you can do that several times a week if you wanted to yeah and so thankfully my friends are pretty understanding if they're like hey do you want to go out for a meal we might go for a walk or a homemade picnic instead because i still live by you know that i'm not quite as stiff as a budget but i still live by those money rules and it, right. it makes a difference in what i can afford i think if i can save 200 dollars this month that might be a bungee jump in new zealand and that's something i would rather do than go eat in a restaurant sure yeah a couple in, times in Regina or Saskatoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so when when did you apply for the uh saskatchewan wanderer program so that and were and were you the first Saskatchewan? No, it, it, it was a couple of years, right? Yes. Yeah. So the Saskatchewan program actually started in 2011. The first three years, it was a summer. Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. Okay. I just, yeah, was, you're I good. Was, I, was, just... I was concerned that I had been saying it wrong for years. No, okay, yeah, I just okay. shorten it because it's such a yeah, long word. Yeah. Um, but it started in 2011 as a summer student program. Right. And then 2014, it went to a full year program. Mm. And I came in in 2015. So I was actually traveling 
Africa at that time. I, I shot and filmed oh. my application video in Madagascar. It was actually an interesting series of events. So I applied in Madagascar. I interviewed back on the mainland in Swaziland. And I think I was in South Africa coming off of a safari when I accepted the position and then had to make plans to fly home in a you couple were, of weeks. I think you were probably the only applicant that did that. Yeah, people, I did a little teaser at the beginning of, of that year and, um, you know, asking people where they thought the new Sasquander was coming from. And there were some comments that people were pretty fired up thinking that the person might not be from Saskatchewan, even though like I applied outside of Saskatchewan, but I'm born and raised here too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't imagine the outrage if they hired somebody from well, even Alberta. But I think it'd be a great thing, right? And even, I know mm. Neil, one of the Sasquanders, he was, I think he's from BC, and but he's been in Saskatchewan for a while. I so see. It I brings see. a different perspective, which I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. So you applied and you got it. Yeah. And you came back and it, it's a January to December thing. Yeah. Uh, at least it has been since, yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Um, Maybe, maybe just before we get into that, uh, there there was some recent controversy about the new Saskatchewan, and I, I think it was mostly manufactured on Twitter and things like that. But there was some criticism that there's been a lot of white guys who have been picked to do that job. You, you as a as a woman were one, kind of an outlier. Um, does that does that make any difference? Do you think, or or do you think that you know? that as long as they go and do their job and tour about Saskatchewan, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes it, I don't know who the applicant pool was too, who actually applied to the position too, but yeah. it's a very demanding job and you need certain credentials for it. And I understand why they choose to hire the best person for the job. Yeah. Although I do know some of the past Ask Wanderers have identified differently and maybe just not publicly about it or don't visibly look you know, a bit more diverse than just like a white blonde. Yeah. Haired. Well, the well, the well, the current guy, he's he's Métis, I think, and yeah. but he, as you just noted, he at least visibly looks white. Yeah. Um. But there, but because of that, there was there was a lot of criticism. So, but and as you said, I mean, maybe only five people applied. Who knows? So what are you right? going to do? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting and. Yeah. But I do know the government is very inclusive and does look to, to hire diversity within the position too. So, yeah. um, but I can't speak to the applicant pool of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Okay. So you get the job. Where was the first place in Saskatchewan that, that you went and you, and you, you did a profile on or, or that you, that you went to for, for that job? The first story I did, um, it didn't come out publicly as the first story, but I went to Great Western Brewing and oh, yeah. did a video there. Um, the first outside of kind of Saskatoon and Regina, I joined up with the Prairie Women on Snowmobiles and joined them for a day of snowmobiling, which was where? really cool. Um, where did I meet them? I met them in Hudson Bay, and then yeah. I traveled with them through a couple small communities into weeks. Um, it's a very tiny community, and I can't remember where the banquet ended that night. It's been a few years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, followed along with them, and that was kind of my first on the yeah, road. Yeah, that's an interesting piece. group to 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 go with. Really cool. Experience. What's the name of them? The Prairie Women on Snowmobiles. Great. And they fundraise for um, women with breast cancer. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I recall yeah. them. Yeah. So, um, I'm assuming had you traveled kind of extensively around Saskatchewan before do, doing that job? Not a ton. Okay. So what did what did you get out of that in terms of because I mean, I've I've traveled more around Saskatchewan uh living in Regina just because of my previous jobs um than I did before I got here, but it's a it's a it's a diverse and beautiful province and you think that it's flat and then you get down to the Cypress Hills and it is not and um so i guess what did you what what surprised you about about that job and and seeing that meeting different people in particular and and seeing different things that there are so many amazing hidden gems in saskatchewan you just have to be willing yeah. to get out there and and go find them or read about them and get out there and it might be an hour or two away from where you live but that's that's nothing crazy in saskatchewan right you know yeah. i just drove down two and a half hours from saskatoon this morning it's not a big deal and right. and i tell people this very honestly that there are just as many amazing and wonderful 
things to do and experience here in Saskatchewan as there are anywhere else in the world. And I, I feel like I can say that quite confidently considering how much of the world I have been so fortunate to see. Right. But I have had incredible experiences here that are top of my list that I've never experienced anywhere else. What's at the top? The Northern Lights. Yeah. They're extraordinary. And even I didn't even realize just how amazing it was growing up on a farm to look up and see all the stars or like we drive home from Foam Lake late at night and yeah. the Northern Lights would be dancing across the sky and you meet people traveling and they've hardly ever seen the stars. Right. I was in... Um, I was in California about a year ago and I was out hiking in one of the national parks and there were some people from LA who there was like maybe five or six stars out and they were just, their minds were blown about the stars. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is terrible. You can't yeah. see anything yeah, because it's just perspective. Yeah. I've, yeah, we have a cabin up at MLA just, just North of PA. And I, I'm yeah, just, just like what you thought there. I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I've been dulled to the fact that, pretty cool and then sometimes there you can you can see the northern lights and it's neat but even then just because you see these things so much it's like oh, okay i'm gonna go to bed i'm not gonna go out and watch yeah. them because this is not an everyday thing but it's not unusual right. so i think just that appreciation for what we've grown up with here and even even looking back at growing up on a grain farm again that was normal to me that was every day that's how i grew up and then you move to the city or you meet people who have only ever known big, big city life. Yeah. And like I used to just run out to the garden and go sit in the pea patch or like I'd get annoyed because mom would send me out to pick a pail full of fresh raspberries. Now as an adult, <sighs> looking back at that, how amazing to just run out your backyard and yeah. go Pe pick. People, people in Los Angeles pay $10 for organic raspberries. Exactly. That you, that you, you were able just to pick, yeah. pick out, of your, out of your garden. So... Um, okay. So you did that for a full year yep. and then at what point or, or was it before that did, did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm, I think I might make this social media thing a kind of a, a full-time business for myself. Cause, cause that's, that's what you do. Yes. Right? Yeah. So was it, did you, was it halfway through that you kind of thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get paid to do this full-time, like going, going forward. It was before I even stepped foot yeah. into that Sasquander job. I knew that was my year to use it as a launching point to get to where I wanted to go. So it had always, without even realizing it, um, it had been a dream of mine to be a writer and a travel writer. And that's still, social media has come into play, but I still make the most amount of money from traditional travel writing. So whether that's oh. magazines or blogs, but that still okay. gets looped into social media as yeah. well. They're very... Um, they go hand in hand. Um, and so I knew that my year as a Sask Wanderer was going to help me get to where I wanted to go. So I gave it 150% that whole year, networked as much as I could. And it was because of that network that I was able to build that year that the next year when I went full time on my own, that I was able to scrape by. Um, it was very, you know, a lean year, but yeah. scrape by and make it a full time thing. I also traveled for six months that next year, but I, um, I set myself up with what I could save in the Sasquander year. I could either travel for a full year on it. Again, very small budget but travel for a full year or use that to live on while I tried to make a living doing it so it gave me kind of that you know 12 month buffer zone and I still have that 12 month buffer zone today so right. I live off of everything I made last year and everything I earned this year goes to living next year so I'm very oh, lucky I with see. that yeah it, not That's a lot of people do that, but it's that 12 month safety net. Cause you know, I have a client that, you know, in January I land a contract with them. I might not get paid until months later. Yeah. Sometimes you split it 50, 50, but yeah. it's still, there's always money waiting to come in. Right. So it's yeah. kind of a safety net. So, um, that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you is not, not about all the, all of all the clients that you work with, but I'm, I'm sure that one of the questions you get from other people is, well, a, how do you make money? And B, how does the process work for companies like, like McDonald's yes. or NFL Canada? Yes. Right. You know, those are two pretty big names, two, yeah. two pretty big business names. So do they, when they want to partner with you, do they just send an email or call you or send an Instagram <laughs> message and say, hey, Ashlyn, we'd, we'd like to... 
we'd like you to work with us? Lots of times, yes. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it sometimes still surprises me how often I get Instagram, like very professional official messages through Instagram, even though you can email me directly. Yeah. Um, most of most of the podcasts that I've set up, like the one that like yeah. we set this up on Instagram, I think almost all of them I've reached out on Instagram and it just seems to be an, an increasingly very accessible way to get in touch with people yeah instagram so cool. has instagram has changed a lot too in terms of where business yeah. is going and where money is going into and i find even when i land contracts with clients although i have um a great following on twitter and facebook they're really just focused on instagram which is like hey if they if they want to access my other channels that's cool because i can yeah. potentially earn more money but if they just want instagram that's fine and i don't have to advertise out on my other channels yeah um but yeah a lot so it's been it's been a process of several years too this isn't just something overnight but I became known as one of the experts in Saskatchewan for travel and especially outdoor adventure travel yeah. um, I've continued to do that since I was a Sask wanderer I did a lot of it during that year too but it's just my personal passion so yeah. it's easy to get out and do that stuff and so now that I have an audience that's you know an at, like the, an avenue for clients to reach out to advertise to and I have a really great relationship with the people who do follow me I respond to every comment yeah. all the time yeah. um and so when people are looking to advertise in the prairie region I'm one of few in the Saskatchewan area mm -hmm. who has that audience and that relationship with them. So that's where in Toronto or Vancouver, I nobody would probably ever look at me. There's right? thousands, totally, if not millions. Totally. So it's my yeah. advantage to be from Saskatchewan promote and talk about Saskatchewan and I've gotten big writing contracts with um, global organizations that I never would have gotten if I hadn't been mm -hmm. from Saskatchewan that's like Saskatchewan is my foot in the door right honestly yeah um so yeah so you know in the case of McDonald's which I'm a huge McDonald's fan anyway I eat a Big Mac at in every country I go to that has McDonald's that was well before um we work this is part of your contract isn't it with no this isn't about. this I'm isn't joking. this is just me being like I literally had McDonald's okay. on the way out here today sure. um just a genuine mm fan and then so when they reached out to me it was just such a perfect fit because that's a really important thing too is what is the fit is it natural is it something that you can experience and share that experience or is it completely off brand right and there's lots of companies where i'm like oh i love your product and it doesn't really work for me though. it just doesn't fit with what my social identity is mm -hmm. so you know some delicate jewelry doesn't fare well in the outdoors so okay so walk me through though what how the mcdonald's thing does fit in for you so if anyone follows you on instagram when you when you feature mcdonald's it's you traveling to the mcdonald's and moose show where yes. they have the barn yes and talking about the one in pa which is like similar to that yeah so, but I guess, what what are you highlighting for McDonald's when you, or I guess any any of your clients when you're going out and doing something for them? So often with clients, they have very spe very specific campaigns, right? So McDonald's will hire me for X number of campaigns in a year. Um, I'm in my second year of a contract with them right now. This one's just a six month one, and they have very specific regional campaigns that they'll pick me up for um mm. so this recent one they were doing highlighting iconic mcdonald's locations around canada moostra happened to be one that i was nearby so they sent me out there to go get a series of photos for them mm. and so M mcdonald's plays in for me in terms of that i personally frequent it and go there and i often usually go to mcdonald's when i'm traveling so that's that travel right. link for me as well yeah that makes well everyone goes to mcdonald's when they travel totally and it's a piece of home right when i was on the road for six months of it at a time and i was you know missed missed home food yeah. you could go to mcdonald's and you knew a big mac was still going to taste like a big mac and you could get like a pretty decent burger at mcdonald's when you knew you probably couldn't get a burger on the street of the same quality right. um so yeah so they have a set number of campaigns and different things so they'll do you know there's like mchappy day in ronald mcdonald house and sure. they'll contract yeah. me for that right. and so they'll send me a campaign listing with all the details some of the messaging they want to include in it they let me do complete creative control over going out and getting whatever style of photo um, I think would fit into that. Yeah. So that blends in, you know, I did a French fry one last summer and I, I was able to stand in the middle of a canola field with a golden French fry, it's you perfect. know, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. So, but then I do have some of their messaging that I have to include into my posts, but I can right. make it my own as well. Yeah. So it's kind of blending 
what they need and what I deliver to my audience. And for the most part, people, people already know about the Big Mac thing and think it's hilarious. And so it's just a natural fit into my social media. What, uh, what about the NFL? That one was a little bit different. I am not a huge or hardcore NFL fan, but I also told them that when they sent me a little questionnaire and I was honest, I was like, I'm not a big fan, but I said, it's really cool because there are some Saskatchewan players in the NFL. So I kind of pitched them back saying, you know, if you get me out to a game, it would be even cooler if you could get me a meet and greet with, you know, John Ryan or whoever. Yeah, because you went to a Vikings game this last season, right? I did, yeah. And Brett Jones from Weyburn. Yes. Plays with them. And I didn't get to meet him. And actually, oh, so my, okay. my team is the Packers and I chose. Oh, yeah, them. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, happened yeah, yeah, to be yeah. a Vikings game. And, but um, I chose the Packers for several different reasons. They're very similar to the Riders. They're publicly owned and they pay fans. I thought this was the greatest thing. They pay fans to come into their stadium and shovel snow off the seats yep. for their yeah. games. And I just I can get behind a team. That's like that and very similar to the Riders. It felt like home. But so, yeah, when I went to the Vikings game, I thought it it could have, I did get down to the sidelines and had a pass for that, which was pretty wild, but I didn't get to meet him. But it's funny because I come back home and I know people who know him. You know, it's just that small community. He was was here just the other week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to connect those dots. And people are such hardcore football fans in Saskatchewan too, that they were just really excited to see that I was part of all that I didn't have and I don't admit to being a diehard fan I don't know all the stats but I know the game is entertaining it's yeah. so much fun walking into that billion dollar stadium and in Minnesota seeing, yeah. oh it in was, Minneapolis yeah, yeah it's it incredible was wild it was such an incredible well, they, experience they had the Super Bowl there this year this the last season or the season before uh two two years ago I guess that's yeah, incredible. It's just amazing like you had to wear ear protection yeah. because the decibels of yeah. the crowd going wild was yeah. so much and uh, any, any clients that you've worked with that, that you, you did do the work for them and it, it was a bad experience. You, like, you don't need to say who it was, but did things ever go sour? Like, like you're, you're doing the work for them and you kind of go, uh, this, I don't know if I want to work with them again. Sometimes it feels a little off brand and it's never anything like it, it was, not like anything went bad. It was just, they didn't know how perfect of a fit it was for me. And then sometimes it's surprising how um, quick some of these contracts turn around. So you might get a campaign debrief and then they need that content within a couple days. Right away. And that's, that's a really difficult thing. Cause if I'm on the road, even with the McDonald's one, I was in like Alaska in the Yukon and there's literally only one mcdonald's in whitehorse and i was like well i don't know what day i'm gonna be in whitehorse to get this turned around but it's just it's all about communication too so if you come back at them and say hey this is my situation can we work around it they're usually really good about that so it's just being able to to deliver it really quickly and you know get contracts back to them really fast and get out there shoot that content so that's probably the most challenging part of it that uh, uh that that northern trip that was when you were in the in the van for all that time yeah yeah yeah, yeah gee that looked like a interesting time it I don't was know amazing. if I could have done that I'm actually I'm getting the van this weekend oh. um and I'm gonna take it for a couple of weeks just on my own I'm actually the photographer and filmmaker Matt Scoble that yeah. I work with it's his van it's his dog yeah. um but she's kind of my dog because I've looked after her for quite a bit Matt had to go home for just some family stuff and so I ended up with her for over a month in the van and he's going on a trip to Europe right away so okay. he's bringing the van and Alpine out so I'm gonna take it for two weeks and go writing and just kind of take oh, some great. time off and focus on some projects I have um do you like social media, like like working in it all the time? Um, and and I ask that in the sense of, is it um, is it good? Do you think like because particularly in the last couple of years and and I guess months, just with the focus on elections and and things like that, uh, the the bad side of social media has definitely kind of shown itself. Um, in this province especially not especially but you know if, if you look you, you notice it more now but you but like that's your that's your thing so and I, i'm assuming that the people that interact with you are, are mostly positive but um 
yeah any any thoughts on on that i guess i love that you asked that because that's something i really enjoy talking about is the reality of social media so what i'm putting out there and what most people are putting out there it's a highlight reel you know people people sometimes joke like oh do you even work and they don't realize the hours i put in behind the scenes just because what they see i was gonna ask you about that too right (laughs) um just because what you don't see any of that behind the scenes it's like that iceberg effect right you only see that top 10 percent. you don't see the 90 percent of sometimes the the hours and days and weeks that it took to get a project to that final stage um I love social media because it has allowed me to connect with some incredible human beings around the world, like everywhere. It's incredible. And people I would have never met otherwise. Um, I've been working with Matt Scoble for since I think September now, and we would have never met if it hadn't been for social media. And everywhere I go, I meet up with other travel bloggers, writers, or just people who follow along on my adventures, and that would never happen. But there is the dark side of social media. People feel like they can say certain things that they would never say to your face and mine's pretty positive i don't get a lot of negative but just people coming down hard on you or your choices for where you choose to eat or why you chose to do something or what you say and i'll i'm pretty polite and positive but i don't stand for any of that and i'll clap back at people i'll keep it pretty like fun and lighthearted, but it, there's no space for anybody to judge me on how or where or what I eat. And and I've had other people message me saying they were, you know, even in terms of monetizing my social media, I am a business and yeah. what I do is a business. And so when I see fit to partner with companies to advertise, I do it because I'm genuinely interested in those companies. But then somebody was commenting how their niece follows me and they might not be able to understand whether it's an advertisement or not. And they were just questioning some of my choices, maybe maybe from mm. the perspective of selling out, right? But this was well, always with the intention and purpose of creating a living out of it. Yeah. And it's not selling out if I believe in the companies that I work with or use their products. Yeah. That's another thing. But platforms like Instagram have made a pretty concerted effort to if it is a paid partnership that you you have or you should include that in your in your post right exactly like you see i mean like like major celebrities all the time you know if they partner with adidas or with nike or whatever it very clearly says a paid partnership like it's not just like they're giving a a free endorsement right so i mean there there has been improvements to make it more transparent i guess so and they'll flag your content too i've had times where i haven't been sponsored by something but talking about a product i love and they're like oh is this a sponsored post and they'll like remove it from the timeline if they think it is and you can go in and say yes it is or no it isn't or tag the partner um so they've made it so easy that you can tag and and let people know that it's it's a partnership or a paid partnership or whatever it might be yeah but and the world the world of social media is changing and it's changing very fast so now where celebrities used to do all these endorsements it's now coming down to the micro and macro influencers and I was actually just having this conversation the other day of where it's going to be in a year or two because Mm -hmm. now everyday people are going to be oh get 15% off you know it's going to become advertising from your closest friends and how are people going to feel about that because on Facebook remember remember back in 2008 and 9 when it was just your friends saying like Ashlyn is remember when the is was in the I look at my memories update? every so often and it's I'm yeah I'm horrified it, by yeah. what I put out oh, there I know. and you look at how it's changed and now I scroll through my Facebook feed and I see very few updates from my friends and family now it's a lot of businesses it's advertising it's news Well that's the algorithm that that, totally. that Facebook and well on Twitter too you just you, mo- you see the top tweets unless you don't want to Totally yeah. and so now I'm thinking Yeah I don't see anything i see posts from my dad which is sometimes fake news which i have to talk to him about (laughs) but (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's going to be really interesting to see where the world of advertising goes particularly with instagram you know it was a i think it was i shouldn't say these numbers but it was one point something billion last year and it's now doubled to two point something billion in terms of the money people are putting into Um, advertising through Instagram and I'm seeing it in my business. So last year I still skewed more money out of traditional travel writing and photography and I do speaking engagements and I do video work and I do social media and I break that up into kind of my four pillars of my business. And this year already I see that social media promotion side with bigger 
clients, more money, it's now skewing more than my traditional travel writing is. Right. So, but it's a great opportunity for me because I have the audience and these are brands I'm using every day anyway. Do you ever, do you ever have any days where, um, maybe like your mental health is not very good and you just, you either have to take a break from doing content for social or it's doing the work itself for the social media that kind of is, is tough and you just have to go, I, I just can't do anything today. Absolutely. All the time. Um, uh-huh. The days where my schedule is a little bit quieter, I find I scroll a bit more and it used to make me feel really bad about my life. When I'm like, I'm doing some really cool things. Why should that make me feel bad? But you're looking at everybody else's highlight reel and you're comparing everybody all together yeah. against one person yourself and so you can never compete against the cool things that everybody's doing and so I've just been able to kind of take a step aside from it and say you know what that's okay I'm like their path is their path this is my path and nobody can ever replicate my path just like I can never replicate theirs and I'm happy with where I am and where I'm building to. And so I just need to remind myself that. But stepping away from it is a good thing to do and touching base with friends and family. I'm I'm pretty serious about when I'm out with friends and family, the phone goes away. Yeah. I don't have it out because I need to turn off. I need to tune out. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important for mental health. And even in terms of creating content, it takes hours to post up on yeah, three how m- channels. Uh, yeah. So how m- how many hours per day or per week do you, do you spend before you hit, you know, publish on Facebook or share on Instagram or, you know, the stupid bird button on Twitter? I don't love Twitter that much. But um, how much time do you put into getting the content ready and, and I guess, creating it before you share it? Hours. Uh-huh. I've never tracked it. I'd probably be horrified if I did, but I know I can sit down and this is just for a photo. If it's a video, it's a completely different ball game because even uploading a video takes so much longer, but yeah. I can sit down. I usually post around 7 PM at night and I can sit down some days at five o'clock and I'm still, you just do one post per day. Usually, yeah, one oh, post okay. per day. And it's tailored to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. And I probably do less posts on Instagram just because it takes more effort because there's researching hashtags. There's re- researching accounts to tag. There's right. you know, there's just so much more to it that takes a lot of time. And you need a very different photo on Instagram than I need on Twitter and Facebook right. as well. Yeah. The aesthetic is just very different. Yeah. And, and then following up with comments. Sometimes I could just sit and spend the whole night on my phone replying to comments. So it could be, it could be anywhere from 50 minutes on like a really good day like yesterday was easy i posted about my big mac in ireland that i had last week and yeah you, um, yeah you were just in ireland like a couple of days ago and now <laughs> yeah. you're here yeah <laughs> busy week yeah. um but then sometimes it takes hours and then to follow up i found if i follow the comments in real time that takes so much more of my time so sometimes i wait to the next morning and then when i wake up i'll still be lying in bed and then i'll comment back to people it's quicker right. to comment back on my computer than my yeah. cell phone too so your your days are, are full of looking at the phone or on your laptop yeah. yeah i have a timer on instagram and it lets me know when i hit it used to let me know when i hit an hour and a half and i was hitting it pretty much every day so i upped it to two hours and now i don't see it as much so i probably yeah. spend an hour and 45 minutes on instagram alone mm-hmm. a day and that's that's scrolling yeah. commenting messaging like the other day i counted and i responded to 50 direct messages on instagram in one day and that's like in that's not Facebook. That's not email. That's not Twitter. I don't think I've ever gotten 50 direct messages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it can be really busy and it's hard to keep up yeah, and yeah, people respond yeah, really fast. Yeah. Sometimes it can get overwhelming. Um, we're almost done. I wanted, can you just, um, for travel stuff in Saskatchewan, give me two or three places that people maybe have never gone before that, that they should in Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give three locations. They're all central or northern Saskatchewan. The first is the Beachy Sandcastle in Sunken Hills near the town of Beachy or just north of Swift Current. Um, It's private land, so please be respectful when you go out there. And it's often very dry, no fires. Um, But it's on the shoreline of Lake Diefenbaker. And the topography is absolutely beautiful. There's amazing wildlife out there, too, if if you're out there for a bit. Um, Heading into the Boreal Forest, one of my favorite places to go in Saskatchewan. Um, Up near La Ronge, just south of the town, is the Nipekamu. 
I never know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sand cliffs. Yeah. Um, it's only a one or two kilometer hike. You could probably push a, you know, a stroller into there. And it's just these amazing limestone formations along the river, the mm. Nipakamu River. And then if you go even further north, a little bit further yeah. east, you can get to the um, limestone crevices just off Amisk Lake. It's probably a five hour drive from Saskatoon, but you're up near the town of Flin Flon, Manitoba right. and Creighton. Right on and the border there. One of the best Northern Lights shows I've ever seen in my entire life. And these limestone crevices, you can wander around and climb inside of them as long as you're very careful and respectful of, of the fact that it is, it is a natural site as well. But it's just really beautiful and it's something you don't, you don't have to see photos of it yeah. in Saskatchewan. I haven't gone to any of those places, so maybe, maybe I will. I was near Beachy the, at the end of last summer, but I was working and there was no reason for me to go there. So um, what do you have coming up in the in the next little bit? Um, nothing too crazy. Um, I have a lot of speaking engagements, one here today, which yeah. is why I'm in Regina and I have yeah. two next week. And then I'm hoping to take... What are the, so, sorry to interrupt, what, mm-hmm. are, what are the usual topics for when you do speaking um, so tonight is kind of about Saskatchewan and okay. just talking about what I just mentioned, some of my favorite places and just really promoting Saskatchewan as yeah. a wonderful place to explore. Um, and then next week it, I'm doing a workshop with Tourism Saskatoon for some of their members. That'll be about social media. And yeah. then I'm going in with the social school on yep. Tuesday right. night and right. then talking about yeah, yeah brand ambassadorship. So a lot of it is either about Saskatchewan, women's empowerment, kind of where I got to in terms of my career or um yeah saskatchewan social media women's empowerment cool yeah yeah busy yeah um where can people find you if i'm I'm sure most people have seen social media facebook twitter instagram just search the lost girls guide right yeah all right well thanks for doing this this was great we yeah interesting conversation about social media in particular and about how yeah, people and, and your your path is really interesting going going from the farm to this crazy world of weird social media and, and the all wild, that. Wild so, west. <laughs> yeah. So thank yeah, thanks thanks for coming and thanks for talking to me and good luck on your travels wherever I guess you're you're going next. So Well, thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of the Talking 306 podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Talking 306 podcast on Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow on social media as well. Talking 306 is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Theme music for the Talking 306 podcast is by Saskatoon artist Maybe Smith with a song that I think is very fitting for Saskatchewan called You Would Never Survive the Winters in This Province. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time. That's it for this episode of the Talking 306 podcast. Thank you to Ashlyn George for taking the time to sit down with me for this podcast. And thanks for her support of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. She's she's worked with me on on a couple of uh, on a couple of promotional things for uh, for the podcast network. Speaking of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, thank you to Connexus Credit Union for supporting the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. The Podcast Network would literally not be possible without Conexus. So thank you to them. Thank you as well to Sask Energy for supporting the Saskatchewan Podcast Network this month. And thank you as always to Path Cowork, to my friends at Path. It's the best place to work in Regina and it is by far the best co-working space in all of Saskatchewan, I would say. So thank you to my friends there. That's it for this episode of the Talking 306 Podcast. See you next time.